0: Hello to all you Reinventers out there, this is Leslie Dane Seymour and I'm the founder of this podcast and of CoveyClub.com and if you are serious about reinventing, and remember reinventing doesn't have to be your whole life, it can be just a part of your life, it might be your relationship with your kids, your job, it might be your health, it might be your body, whatever this thing you want to reinvent is. We have a tremendous amount of content over at CoveyClub.com that you can read, that you can see, and courses that we teach every week that will hopefully direct you towards your new reinvention. And then if you come join the club, you get access to our um, probably approaching 200 cataloged courses already with experts who can teach you everything from how to get on a board to how to create your personal brand to God everything you can imagine all the way down to we in during COVID we did how to bake sourdough bread because we want to make sure that we were in the groove with everything going on in COVID. So come on over to Covey Club, join us, and we can offer you much more reinvention information over there. And for now, I am bringing to you Jackie Morgan McDougal who is a podcaster, speaker, and consultant, who spent years and years and years in television and big muckety-muck in television as you'll hear, and then when she had the chance, she went out extremely early and became a podcaster. She is the mama of the Grown Ass Woman's Guide, where you can hear interesting conversations between Jackie and women like me, I will be on there shortly. and you could get inspired. And Jackie's got a very interesting story because she's taking the knowledge that she got in corporate life and twisting it a bit and moving it into her personal practice. And this is something that an awful lot of you are interested in doing. So here she is. And let's talk to Jackie. Jackie, so great to have you on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled.
0: Oh, this is great. I love having people who've been in this business (laughs) who can (laughs) teach us what's different and how to get into it. A lot of people, you know, they want to go into broadcasts as they get older. They want to do their own thing. Um, So let's talk a little bit about your history. And I always like to find out, like, where did you grow up and what did you start out doing or what did you think you were going to start out doing and how did you... How the hell did you end up here? But you can just take, <laughs> take the grown up. We'll just start. Where did you grow up? We'll start with Awesome.
1: That. Well, I grew up in Boston. I always have to say I'm the 11th of 13 kids because when people get to know me, they're like, Oh, that makes sense. So Irish Catholic family, Boston, um, you know, a lot of seventies energy playing out in the streets and y- y- you know how it was. <laughs> Um, And so when I was in, I think, second grade, we would go to the book, you know, the book fair that you'd have at your elementary school. They'd come in for a week and you'd get bring your money to school. Oh, my God, so I love excited. that thing. Oh, oh I bought elastic. so
0: many books. That's how I became such a big reader. Yep.
1: Totally. And so, you know, my friends were buying like Little House on the Prairie and all the popular books. And I would buy things like behind the scenes of TV shows. I remember the first one was 1982. So I was 11 years old and I bought behind the scenes of Happy Days behind. The, you know, it was uh, Dukes of Hazzard, it had all these 80s or, or or even earlier shows Um, and just learning about how it worked. And I just loved television like to a. Uh, the nth degree and so I always wanted to work in television I wanted to go to New York or LA and just see what it was like and so when I was 23 I packed up my car $700 to my name and I drove out to California and here I am 51 I'm still here (laughs)
0: Oh my God. But how did you know there was even a back end to television? I don't think I was that wise at that age. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was so fascinated by it. I don't
1: know where I first even discovered or thought about it. Maybe I just bought a book and, and one of those books and that's how I discovered it. I don't really remember, but, um, I took, you know, I majored in communications at Salem State College, um, back in Massachusetts and got an internship in TV news. And so I worked in news for a bit. It was a little more stressful. And, you know, that news, that, that, that constant headline stuff is a bit much. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I knew that the actual production was where I wanted to be, but not necessarily news.
0: So interesting. So what were your first few jobs?
1: Oh, my gosh. So when I first just got to L.A. Just give me an oversight. Yeah, just give me a quick <laughs> oversight. Yeah. yeah, I I answered Mickey Mouse's fan mail. I always tell oh that story. Oh, my God, how great. I, yeah, I actually worked with Annette Funicello's sister-in-law. I was oh like, my here God. I am at Disney working with a Funicello. Like, it was very, very funny. And, you know, I took anything I could get. I was a receptionist. I was a production assistant. And then I landed a job as a production coordinator at NBC in the promo department. And that's where my on-air promotion career got started. And so I was there. I went to Warner Brothers, um, and I was climbing the ladder for a bit there until the kids came along. Oh, your (laughs) kids? Yes, my kids. Ah, how many kids do you have? I have three teenage boys. um, But at that time, you know, television – this generation now they they tend to demand better working hours and better work environment back in so the 90s oh, <laughs> right yes yes i would work you know from 7am i remember my my job at Warner brothers 7am i got the first call from the uh cuz i was a director and so i got the first call from the promo producer um getting scripts approved that's 7am. And then I, I also worked on a show that they were on the night shift. And so I would get something up till 11pm.
0: Oh and my so, God.
1: yeah, it was insane, but it was also, we, we lived in a time where it was that's like, what we did, we just did it. And, yeah. um, and I knew that when I had my kids, I wanted to not be <laughs> unavailable from 7am to 11pm, or at least, you know, dividing my time. And so I went freelance, um, you know, back in 2004 and I've worked on a lot of talk shows. Um, I've run digital, the digital side for some talk shows. I've, uh, coached and, 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 uh, creatives and experts and celebrities. And, um, I've just sort of done a variety of different things.
0: And so talk about what you're doing now then and your kids are all grown.
1: Well, is where you were? Yeah, they're 15, 16, 17.
0: Oh, okay. It's not quite. Yeah. They're pretty not grown. not
1: quite. They're they're pretty close. <laughs> they remind me every day. Um <laughs> but I you know, I was working in this talk show world and I noticed that they would automatically get this audience of women over 40, you know, just naturally from our generation and um they weren't necessarily happy with that as their audience. They were always uh, trying to go younger and younger. Uh, I mean, you know how it goes. It's the story
0: of my life. <laughs> it's the story I mean, you, of my life. What totally. is that obsession? It's the American obsession with 20-year-olds who have no money.
1: Exactly. And that's what the advertisers want. You know, same thing in publishing, same thing in TV. And we would have this content that was really making a huge impact on women over 40, and yet that that audience was completely disregarded. Oh, uh, Yeah and i thought you know i i would like to create something for them not in the, not you, right. you know not try to cast them aside but actually talk about things that we're going through yeah we talk you know I, I so i create i have a podcast i have coaching i have a community um i still teach media i teach a lot of women about podcasting how to podcast but oh. mostly i what I discovered is whenever I worked with someone, whether she was a high level expert celebrity to somebody who just really wants to have a podcast as a hobby, I discovered that the same thing, we all go through the same thing, right? The imposter syndrome, the wh- why would anyone listen to me? The, um, the questions about like how to position oneself, uh, all of these things would come up in whenever I, I coach somebody through media. But they would also come up with my girlfriends. They would also come up with uh conversations I would have at mixers or or networking events. And I realized that more women need to be sort of encouraged and pushed and uh instigated to make some of these changes. Like you talk about your audience and how they're constantly going through transition, right? Yes. And going through changes. Yeah. And so my my work has sort of morphed not just for the creative folks. But for a variety of women who want to do something, they know they want more. They know that this is supposed to be the best time, but yeah. they're not exactly sure how to get there um, or even what they want. I think many of us are living by what we've decided we wanted 10, 20 years ago.
0: Yes. And we're correct.
1: too afraid to course Correct.
0: Uh, yes. Well, and and there's a sense that it, that that means that whatever you did before was wrong. It's like you have a 30-year marriage and then if you don't keep it going, it's like, oh, I wasted 30 years. No, you didn't. Like, it's just your second phase. It's a second. Yes. It, this is the second thing you're going to do. Why do you think everything's going to last forever? It's not. That's right. So that So now why did you settle on podcasting? Was it just that? Your interest or and tell us the name of your podcast and um who's in it.
1: Yeah, so the name of the podcast is called it's called the Grown Ass Woman's Guide. Um, it used to be called 40 Thrive and uh originally when I launched it and it was for women over 40, but I got a lot of confusion that it was for just women in their 40s. Okay, and being the girl from Boston, <laughs> I, I'm a little more direct and candid and um drop an F-bomb on occasion, and so the Grown-Ass Woman's Guide was a lot more aligned with who I am, okay. and I realized that it was actually a lot more aligned with the audience as well. Okay. Um, And so I'm pretty happy with that because a woman usually knows whether it's for her or not before she even presses play, so that's that's a good thing. That's and so, awesome. Yeah, and so I interview women like you. You're going to be on, but... Um, I will be there. You know, women who are doing... Really big things, women who are taking small steps, but impactful steps, women who are experts, um, women who have a story of, of just pushing through the fear. You know, yeah. people talk about being fearless. That, that, yeah. There's no such thing as being yeah, it's fearless. Scary. No, it's scary. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. And so I love stories of, uh, women who are terrified and yet, continue to take steps forward um, toward the life they want.
0: Yeah, it's so hard. And that's why we created Covey Club is so you don't have to do that alone. Absolutely. The aloneness and fear plus aloneness or isolation is paralyzing. But when you have other people who are going, okay, I'm going to inch out under this high dive, will you hold my hand? Um, That's a whole different story. I can do that. And uh, that makes a a huge difference, and um, that's the whole point. That's part of the point of this podcast too. So, talk I've been little- to your
1: I've been to your events. I have to say, and um, the women are so inviting. Yeah, they're
0: um, wonderful, and,
1: right? And it's it's really it's a really comfortable place to be because I I know how scary it is. You know, it's it's kind of like. Signing up and joining a Zoom is like walking into a party, right? You don't yes. know is, is anyone going to notice me? What if they do notice me? What if they don't right. notice me? <laughs> you know, right. um, and so I, I really enjoyed the casual, welcoming feel when yes. I went to those Covey Club events because yes. um, that that fear go- dissipates immediately. So.
0: Well, you're going to have to come to our NOLA event in uh, November, November Ooh, 10 fun. through 13th, which is going to be live, and it's a killer. We did it last year, just in between Omicron, and it was amazing, totally amazing. And you'll get to meet all those wonderful women, and everybody makes best friends, and you'll make business connections and all that stuff too. So awesome, awesome. Yeah, come visit us for that. We'd but love it. Um, talk a little bit about you know what the podcast talks about and what kind of learnings you've had um, when you talk to women who are doing their own thing and getting over their fear? Yeah.
1: So um, just to, to go back a little bit. So I started podcasting in 2011 when oh it was, my God. yeah, I had a show with my friend, Kim Goldman called Broadcast. Ah, and so we, love we just, thank you. We just talked about um, current events, pop culture, things like that with that that broad spin, as we yeah. like to say. And I really love the medium of podcasting
0: yeah, so much too. because,
1: you know, producing and, and marketing segments on talk shows, it was like, be brilliant in X, X number of minutes. Oh, and- I'm so
0: sick of that. I used to have to go to the TV shows with, here are your three points to make in two, two minutes or less. And don't veer off those points, right? right. <laughs> right. Oh, and
1: so with podcasting, you can have an idea of where you want to go with something. But, you know, if you're a good listener, you hear d- directions and, and and points that you didn't necessarily right. expect. And then you have amazing conversations. Right. Um. I love having those conversations. And so that was the perfect way for me to kick off podcasting. And then I started to notice I was more into personal development than our podcast actually allowed for, you know, and Kim's like, I'm not into this. Like I was just moving away and um, interviewing authors and uh, people who were doing, you know, personal development experts and things like that. And so I decided, you know, I need to go do my own show. And so I do a lot of, um, mindset, um, mental health. You know, some of the stuff where we may be in our 40s, 50s, 60s and think, oh, it's just me. Nobody else feels this way. It's embarrassing. I better keep it quiet. Correct. And it's a place where we can admit to all of the things that we're going through. So we don't feel so alone. So I appreciate what you're doing at Covey Club because it's very similar in that I believe if we're having these conversations then and uplifting each other as grown ass women, then we are unstoppable once we start to really get honest with each other and ourselves.
0: So what have you found? Because you've obviously been doing this for a while. What are you finding that women say stands in their way of change?
1: I have found they say a lot of things. (laughs) Oh, they say it boils
0: down into one or two things. And,
1: yes, but they'll say it's family commitments. They'll say it's a full time job. They'll say it's a lot of things. Um, But oftentimes it's fear. It's that fear of putting themselves out there. It's uh-huh. the fear of failure, but I think even more so the fear of success.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's funny when you have to really struggle with that. Like, what if someone said yes? Or what if this got out there? Or what if? And you think it's the other. I felt that. I felt that for sure.
1: Right. So like yeah. when you have your event, were you afraid? Like, what if no one comes? And then on the oh yeah, side, totally. What if?
0: And then it's totally. what if everyone comes? <laughs> right, right, right. And what if it's terrible? And what if it's not? You know, like right. Yeah, it's really. What if serious. they want
1: more? What do I? Have, what if I have to do this every
0: six months? What if you know? Um... Yes, there's there's all of that. Absolutely.
1: Uh, and I think it's easier. In some ways, to just stay in this zone—I wouldn't even say comfort zone because it's—it's right. it's not even Discomfort comfortable.
0: <laughs> it is, zone. yeah.
1: It really is because it's—it's it's at least if you're in that zone, you know what it feels like. It's Correct. the unknown. I think that is so scary for many people, including myself.
0: Yeah, the unknown's really scary. It—it it pushes you, um, you know the brain wants to be comfortable, you know? Yes. The brain wants to know what's coming next because it's too dangerous. Otherwise it's got to spend all this time being on alert, right? If you're doing something different, it has to, you know, reformat. It's like, oh my God, where's the danger coming now? You know, she's left the cage. She's left the cave. Oh no, where are we going? Right? Dinosaur on your left. Tiger on your right. right. I mean- I think that's what it is. Whereas if it knows, you know, okay, we're staying in the cave and, you know, I know just to look out the window and if nothing's coming, we're safe. Right. The brain wants to keep you safe. Absolutely. And so you push it. If you push it, the rewards are fabulous, but it does make (laughs) you uncomfortable on purpose.
1: Right. And I think also uh, to that point, we believe sometimes that we have to take this giant leap in order to make progress and so the brain is saying no thank you and the rest of you is like oh i have to do something big and bold that's right we listen to all the noise out there yeah um that's telling us that we need to like take these giant leaps when in actuality it could be the smallest of steps
0: i'm a big huge fan of tiny things I do, um, I think that's the way you move forward is teeny tiny steps. Every day do one thing. Every day tackle one, you know, make a phone call, download a book, follow somebody on, you know, LinkedIn, you know, it can be one thing. And after a month, you've kind of built up this repertoire of 30 things that you did that now you're off in the direction of exploring how to make water bottles or whatever the heck you want to do.
1: That's exactly right. I mean, how many times do we put in our ca- calendar, like some big giant task and then the right. day comes and goes? Because right. It, right. It, if you break it down, then you'll yes. actually get it done.
0: <laughs> yes. And the I forget what the kids call that breaking down. They call it, oh, I forget. I did a little story on that. Uh, chunking. They call it oh. chunking where they take the the idea and they split it up into a lot of pieces. I mean, you know, it's one of the things that I've learned about productivity. If I, if I write down, write article for X, I'm like, not happening today. If I write down, find research for article for X today, I will do that. And then tomorrow I write, you know, create outline for X. But I can't, if I, if I give myself the whole elephant to eat in one sitting, I'm just going to look at it and turn around and go home.
1: Right. 100%. I, I'm, this, I'm the exact same way. And I think, you know, I don't, I'm not going to get into even ADHD, but I have that too. And I
0: think a lot of women are discovering um, a lot over do. 40. Yeah, um, A lot do. Undiagnosed adult ADHD. Yes. And yeah. a lot of women. We did a, we had a great expert. Um, Diane Winger, who is a psych- yes. psychologist, you know Diane.
1: I've known Diane for several years. Yes.
0: Yeah, she came and did a thing about adult ADHD. Everybody on the call it was like twenty-five people, all discovered had ADHD, wow. and <laughs> and that was what was screwing them up. And they didn't yeah. know it. They didn't know yep. to ask. They didn't know to check themselves out. And um, discovery. Changed their whole direction, you know, and, and suddenly their lives became easier. So how do, how do you help people? How do you help older women get over fear? What, what's your prescription or technique or? Yeah, I mean, I, I
1: 100% believe that the prescription for fear is action. And so just as you said, you know, if there if, I'm going to take marathon running for some strange reason because okay. I I I am not a marathon runner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but let's just say you're a woman who wants to run a marathon. You don't right. just go out and run 26.2 miles or That's whatever it is. Point. Like you you train. You you set a certain amount of time, you know, you break it down into these smaller chunks as you were saying. You you know, you discover like what are some of the things that um a successful marathon runner has to eat or what is the training schedule or, you know, you break it down into smaller right. bite size pieces. And right. then ultimately three months later, you know, you're running a marathon. I mean, I'm not running a marathon, but somebody is, <laughs> right. but, but it's the same with creativity, with podcasting, with creating videos for your brand. It's the same for, um, even just deciding what it is that you want to do with your career next, right? And so right. you talk about reinvention, which I love, and and in some ways it's innovation, right? Because right. you're not starting from scratch. Right. So even if you work in corporate finance and you want to go and start a business, you know, selling mugs, um, right. that background, that history, that experience, all of that is key in helping you create whatever it is that you want in this next chapter. Correct. And so I think number one is not feeling like we're starting over. I think that's an extremely scary place for us to come from. Like, oh, right. I had this career and now I have to start over. No, right. you don't. You you can research while you stay in your job. You can, um, you know, find out, like, uh, check on, Maybe the competitors and, and order some mugs and, and do whatever it is that you need to do to know what you want to create and then set some time aside each day. And this goes for starting a career. This goes for, right. um, you know, I asked one time in, in the community what's on basically on your bucket list and so many women had travel. Oh, I want to do oh. this before I die. Travel. Wow. Like, you know how, I mean, yeah, COVID, sure. is, Covid, uh, obviously, threw a wrench in that, but do you right. know how attainable travel is if you make a plan? Yeah. You don't have to say, I want to go to Europe someday. When is that day? Let's right. Let's create a date, even if it's five years from now. Right. What is the date that you want to go? What needs to happen now for you to go? Do you have to save $5 a month? Do you have to save $20 a month? You, you know? what are some of the steps that you want to take everything that you want in your life is within reach. If you, if you break it down and you, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of accountability. So whether you have Covey club or coach or a best friend, a sister-in-law, whoever it is, find somebody who will help you be accountable to yourself you know i think that that's so important and find other there's there's so much out there you know like mean, look at what look at what you're doing and how you're changing lives there are other groups out there for women who are over 40 traveling i bet i'm just making that oh up. Yeah, yeah yeah there are there are
0: yes yes you know
1: and yes. and i bet there are other people who are feeling just find that community and find yes. somebody to help you to stay accountable yeah um and then stop telling yourself these bs stories like i think there are a lot of women who maybe had a partnership they were with a spouse who told them like oh you you could never do that or um they they were raised by parents who who parent from fear and and don't necessarily want themselves to put themselves out there but at some point we have to stop listening to everyone else's stories and start to create our own i know it's a bit cliche yeah but but I mean, look at look at what you've done. I, I can only imagine, just to, to go back on you for a sec, what it was like to go from publishing, you know, being so successful, and then creating your own thing. I'm sure you heard a bunch of stories from other people. I
0: did. I heard <laughs> all, so all many... with fear, right? Oh yeah, no, so many people actually pulled me aside and said, you know, Leslie. I don't know if you thought about the fact that, you know, you've had such a storied career and you're this and you're that and people look up to you and blah, blah, blah. What if this fails? And I was like, no, I hadn't actually thought about that. It could fail, but what am I going to do? I have to keep doing this. Right. I help women. That's what I do. This is my, this is my thing. That's what I love to do. What am I going to do? Sit home and knit? I, I mean, right. I have to keep doing what I do until I decide that I don't want to do that anymore. That's just what I'm made of. That's my whole uh-huh. thing. I get up in the morning and I want to help women get to where they want to be. And um, I enjoy that. So Love it's it. like, yeah, you know, and there were many times when I was creating this club where it could have crashed and burned. There were many, there were many walls. As you know, you have to make a turn around a wall. You become a really good rat in a maze. And look for the <laughs> next exit, right? You're like, oh, well, couldn't go through that wall. Maybe I'll turn over here. And, um, that's part of the joy of it, though. I mean, I don't know how you felt, but, um, getting out of corporate where everything was, no, you can't do that. It's been done. No, it doesn't work. No, everything is, you know, nobody wants to try anything. And that's very debilitating. I find that that gets to your head where you feel like, okay, now I'm really stuck. Whereas what I love is, you know, you talk to someone like you in the morning and you're like, oh, maybe I should do X for my podcast, like she said. And then at three o'clock you implement. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It it works or it doesn't work. So what? You know, like, but you're constantly learning and you're constantly growing, whereas, um, when you're doing these other things, and I think they're different moments in different in your life, don't you think? I mean, I wouldn't have given up my my corporate career. I'm so glad I did it. I wish I'd left earlier and started my own thing. Mm-hmm. But I I mean, that's where I learned everything was in my corporate career. And now I'm learning a different type of thing. Do you feel that way?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I think that I couldn't do what I'm doing without all of that experience in the past, you know, right. and and. You you just nailed it with like try trying. I I believe the word try should be right there at the top of everyone's list. Like, what do you want to try? Do mm-hmm.
0: you want to? I like that.
1: You know, I mm-hmm. mean, there's the the word failure is so interesting because we're so afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but how are you ever going to succeed if you're not willing to fail? Like you, truly succeed.
0: And it's funny. It's so generational because you know this generation of my kids coming up with this whole, you know, break things and fail mentality. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just such anathema to us. We were, you know, we were told, dare not fail. Dude, don't open your mouth for fear of saying the wrong thing. Don't, it's such a, I don't know. I mean, I think it's freeing to say, yeah, if it failed, failed, I learned something. As long as you learn I, something, if you right. don't learn something and you fail, then it's on you, Right. <laughs> And I should learn something.
1: Totally. And I think we were raised, um, by, with that whole, like, what's your backup plan? Yes. You know, I remember my dad told over and over again, like, you should be a teacher. You should go for, to college for education, you know, um, because he thought that that was the ultimate job for, you know, I mean, again, this is the father of 13 kids, right? So like, he thought that that was the ideal job for a mom. And yeah. and that's what he saw me ultimately becoming a mom and having a job and being able to work around my kids and all of that stuff. And that was not who I was.
0: Yeah. And so I, right? I
1: find it interesting now that I'm teaching women, right? Right. <laughs> so I guess he got his way. But, you know, I, I loved the idea that TV was so risky. You know, I remember mm-hmm. him saying it's cutthroat and there's going to be a lot of competition. And I was like, isn't that exciting? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, it is.
1: Really? You know? So and yeah. I'm sure publishing is the same way, right? And so, right. you know, I, I have mad respect for teachers, but that was not a path for me. And right. even now you see the women who are in their 50s and 60s who've been teaching for a long time who are so burnt out and now they're yes. looking for a reinvention.
0: Yes, we have some in Cubby Club. Yep, yep. And they're they're able to figure out new things. But Let's, because we're pulling into the end of our time here. God, it goes so fast. Um, <laughs> what would you like to leave my listeners with that you think is important that they may not have heard elsewhere in terms of reinvention along the lines of what you've done, Jackie?
1: Yeah, I I think it's not groundbreaking, but I think an important reminder is that whatever that thing is in the back of your head that you have always wanted to do, you've wanted to do local theater, or you've wanted to run for uh, office of the school board, or you've wanted to just do something that is so unexpected, everybody else would be shocked by, but you have always had that in the back of your head, just take a step toward it. Just, just do something. Take it, take an acting class or start to go to the school board meetings if you don't already, or just take a step toward it because a couple of things. Number one, you may realize that's not what you want at all. Right. And that that was something, it was an idea that you, yeah, you thought about it 10 years ago and that was something, but you also may discover that you really want it. And then what's the next step after that? Like when we go hiking, you know, we don't look at the, at least I don't look at the top of the mountain and be like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get there. It's so high. I just take a step and right. then I take another step. And, and look so, down.
0: Don't look yeah. up. Just look down at your feet. Keep your feet moving. I've done right. that. Right.
1: And you might have to stop at certain times and put your hands on your knees and get, catch your breath. Right. But you, but you keep going. And so I can't say enough to just try things. Like this is the perfect time of our lives to take that dance class or um, travel by yourself or find a a group of women, maybe through Covey Club, who Mm -hmm. have a similar interest and try it Mm -hmm. Um, because there's there's no harm. There's no harm in that. And it's not a a matter of success or failure. It's like, I'm going to try this thing and see if I like it. And so you don't have to worry about all that extra stuff
0: yeah it's fabulous well, where can everybody find you?
1: yeah so um you can find all of all of the grown ass Woman's guide uh stuff on Facebook and instagram um or just go to grown dot guide i I always like to send people over there because you can find all the social channels from there, but that's okay. the hub is grown dot
0: guide awesome, wonderful, and I love that you're helping women become grown ass women. <laughs> because my ass is not grown enough and it just has to keep growing which is it's obliging yeah i uh, think if we're alive we're growing right <laughs> yes <laughs> so jackie thanks so much for your time
1: thank you i appreciate it
0: I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jackie McDougal. And I hope that if you are interested in reinventing yourself, you'll mosey on over to CoveyClub.com. Check out all the content we have. Just put reinvention into the little spyglass question mark and you can find all our content. We have essays. We have how-tos. We have tons and tons and tons of information for you over there. We even have a fabulous download Of my 31 best tips for reinventing yourself I think we call it the badass guide so we're close close to Jackie's grown ass grown ass and badass you're gonna get whatever you want there anyway and I hope that if you enjoyed this conversation you'll give us some stars and a comment and you will share with friends who are also trying to reinvent themselves so see you again next week and check out all the past interviews we've done There's definitely someone there who can inspire you, and you should know that you can reinvent whatever part of yourself that you feel that you want to change. Change is possible. The key is, in my opinion, don't do it alone. Mosey on over to Covey Club. Do it with people who know how to get it done and who will catch you if you fall. So see you next time.